0: what's up folks hope everybody is doing well out there this is curtis wilkerson joined by my guy andrew ellis and welcome in to the natty state six-pack cool name guys but what the heck does that mean you might be wondering uh listen make no mistake we're an arkansas driven bunch and and we know that many of you out there uh things kind of revolve around the razorbacks for you right but we also know i mean it's a big world out there you know with a lot of things going on sometimes and uh Maybe after the hoop hogs get smacked around by South Carolina at home, uh, you might want to get caught up on some other things going on around the world. So uh, today we are going to kind of whip around the weekend and hit you with some uh, quick hits and a six pack of things that have stood out to us. That's a half dozen for those counting at home. Um, You know, I think although it's not necessarily the case for today's show, this doesn't always have to be a sports driven thing. It can be trending topics. It can be food. It can be whatever. uh, But we want to keep it fresh and and keep it fun. So that's kind of where we're at. Maybe you'll learn something, you know, maybe you'll get a laugh or two. And, and hey, if, if you feel compelled to start sending us some topics, some crazy stuff that you see out there, please do that because we'd be happy to discuss it. Um, Andrew, my man, how we are how we doing, brother?
1: Well, uh, realistically, we're not doing great. It's, it was a little <laughs> bit of a rough weekend. We'll get into why it was a little bit of a rough weekend, but uh, big picture, we're doing well. We're excited about this new new venture we've got going on we're excited for this show you know this is something curtis and i've kind of always talked about wanting to do is just have a show where we are able to show our expertise in every field because we me and curtis we think very highly of ourselves well we consider ourselves well-rounded individuals we consider ourselves to be experts in many fields so we figured why would we limit with this giant brain that we have why would we limit it to just arkansas topics um but in all seriousness i just wanted to make it clear though Nothing is off limits, you know, so if you're thinking, hey, I'd love to hear what these guys have to say about X, Y, Z. We might talk about X, Y, Z. So I just want, you know, we're kind of sending that out there, that message out there that, hey, that's what we're going to do on the show. It could be as simple as viral videos we see on the Internet, funny things we see. I mean, we're going to talk about some some topics here and there. But, you know, today we're going to be talking about mostly our gambling losses. But uh, (laughs) there's a lot going on. That just happens to be what we did this weekend. Who knows what we'll do next weekend or the weekend after that. Who knows what y'all will be doing, but uh, we're hoping you'll learn a little bit. You'll have some fun with us, and that's what we're here to do. And uh, we figured we had to make it clear, so we we named it Six Pack, just so you know we're cool and we're gonna have fun on the show. That's that was kind of there. There we go, and we got six topics.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent right. Um, and yes, please, like if you see anything crazy out there, um, you see the Twitter ads, the handles, okay, right underneath or X, if you will, uh, slide in those DMs, send some stuff to us. I mean, you know. Don't, don't get too weird now, because some of you get a little bit crazy out there. Uh, but if you see something that you think would be interesting, you want us to talk about it, then throw it in uh, to the DMs, and we'll make sure that we get to it. But let's get started, man. Uh, the first one, and, and listen, Andrew, I'm I'm teeing you up for this, brother, because uh, I know that this is your wheelhouse, and we sat together last night. Uh, boy, oh boy. UFC 297 uh, was in Toronto. Oh, Canada. They oh, had Canada a, is they, right. They had a rough one, brother. up. Uh, Fill the people in on why we're both broke and uh, what the hell was going on in Toronto.
1: So Curtis and I are uh, we are UFC guys. Uh, in the last few years, we've really kind of ramped up our fandom and obsession with this this unique organization and this fascinating sport that is mixed martial arts. Well, uh, you know the UFC's got a lot of a lot of fun stuff going on in the UFC world. Tons of intriguing storylines to follow. This weekend, they kicked off their year UFC 297 in Toronto, Canada. For those of you who are fans of our Natty State Sports Gambling Show that we aired on, I believe that was Thursday. We aired that.
0: Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Thursday, Anyways, Friday. I don't
1: know. You probably heard me come on this very, uh, this very microphone here and tell you that there was going to be three Canadians that would win. Um, I was incorrect. There were there were tons of Canadians on the card, and only two of them won. Two of them, both of them were women. The Canadian women were two and zero. Shout out to Jasmine Jazz Divizia. She took care of her business, her leg of the uh, parlay um canadian men oh and six on the card in toronto curtis we have to we have to start and we might i mean we will we'll 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 really talk about some more things but mike malott is our first enemy of natty state sports he is our first enemy of the six-pack he's our first enemy of life mortal enemy might even be again i came right here on this very program and uh and 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 hyped him up him and trevin brazil and they both let me down this weekend ain't that the truth i listen you can pull up, you can Google it on, you know, look it up on Twitter. It was pay-per-view. Uh, me and Curtis made the mistake of paying for it and watching it. Uh, but, you know, you can maybe find it on the internet somewhere. Mike Mallott quit in the ring, Curtis. He quit in the ring. He was he literally,
0: was,
1: I mean, legitimately quit one all but a minute of the fight. But in that last minute, he ran out of gas and he was like a minus 390 favorite against Neil Magny, who, again, the UFC set up this whole event so they could showcase their Canadian stars and they gave them favorable matchups. And the Canadian men went zero and six, none worse than proper Mike Malott. I've never they had seen primed. anything
0: like it. You know, he dominated literally the entire fight up until the last what thirty seconds. Was, I went back and watched it
1: this morning, Curtis. It was about the two minute mark whenever it kind of started to turn, and he drowned. I he literally
0: drowned. And I, I don't know. I don't know that much about Neil Magney, the guy he was fighting, but I have a feeling that he's not like a, a Finnish artist, or at least he doesn't strike me as that at this stage of his career, maybe. But uh, you know, he had what, 12, 10, 12 seconds maybe that he needed to hold on to win that fight uh, because he was dominating and then he was just getting his face, his face pounded in and uh, and lost it there at the end and sent out a a, a very sad, um, you know, post-fight Twitter message to all the fans <laughs> apologizing for his performance. Uh, it's not going to make me my money back, dude. It's not going to make
1: like, me my money back. And I tell you, Curtis, I watched his post-fight little thing he said and he kept saying, oh, I just wasn't good enough tonight. Mike Malata, I'm, I'm regret to inform you, you were good enough. Absolutely, you but were then good you enough quit for... <laughs> in front of your home fans, in front of your friends and family, and uh, now Curtis, let's let's just put a positive spin on this. That's what makes this journey fun. And for those of you who are watching and say, I don't care about UFC. Why'd y'all start here? Just skip. You're maybe skipping forward to the timestamps. You're more than welcome to do that. We have a nice little highlighter there on the right side that'll let you know what topics we're talking about. Exactly, beautiful. Uh, so we don't have timestamps, but we do have that. Um, but what makes this fun and what made us fall in love with this sport is that that's what makes this game fun is they're setting these situations up. They set two guys in an the octagon. They're trying to maybe promote one guy, maybe not. That's thats what makes it. Neil Magny was the spoiler last night, and he made Mike Malak quit in front of his friends and family in Canada. And that's something that Neil Magny doesn't have a ton of experience doing. I mean, he's been in a lot of fights. I think he has a record, actually, for the most decision wins in UFC history. Or something, or at least in the welterweight division. That's wild. Um, so the fact that he was able to finish this up and coming youngster who's like entering his prime and should have been able to unseat him. Uh, but as crazy as it sounds, that that wasn't even the worst disappointment of the night. I, I don't I I think the biggest disappointment of the night for me, Curtis, was I hate to say it, we support women on this show, but Myra Buena Silva, they have the vacant bantamweight title on the line after the great Amanda Nunes retires last June. Fighting a journey woman fighting a journey woman who was 15 and 9 entering this fight. They set it up for this awesome Brazilian up and coming star Myra Buenasilva. Silva. I convinced Curtis, we we fell in love with this girl during fight week. We loved her. We love seeing all the videos of the her her fun personality and she's an exciting fighter to watch. Got all these submission wins and this great striking and in the first round she comes out and dominates and similar to Mike Malat, just realized This fight is a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be, and I no longer want to be here is kind of the decision she made. It's so sad that you get into
0: a a championship bout, um, and and she was gassed out. I mean, she was completely tired, which is weird because I didn't think conditioning would be an issue there. Um, But, man, the last 30 seconds of that fight, it, it was pitiful to me because I think she knew she was done Uh, She just laid there on her back and uh, basically was just getting leg kicked for the final
1: third. She gave up. She was ending a championship fight, which, by the way, went to the scorecards. Now, we knew once they read the judges' scorecards that she was not going to win, but a fight that is still, if you will, up in the the balance, to be hands behind your head, laid on your back, just kind of kicking your legs, that's a a tough visual. A little bit better visual, though, Curtis, was... The main event, which I would say, I could argue, carried this card and saved what was a little bit of a lackluster event, total, I mean, top to bottom. It was a fun fight. The main event lived up to its bill. I mean, we expected Sean Strickland, the middleweight champion who just came off of a huge upset win over one of my favorite fighters of all time, Israel Adesanya, one of the best middleweights, arguably the best middleweights of all time, Sean Strickland. Kind of became an unlikely UFC superstar. I mean, he's he's brash. He says all these inappropriate things. He loves posting about how much he loves gun and guns and stuff like that. And he's he 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 pushes people the wrong way. But he's he's become a little bit of a fan favorite here in the UFC because of his unlikely rise to stardom. Uh, he fa- he faced another guy who has had a weird rise to stardom, and and now the first South African champion of all time in the UFC, du Duplessis, who beats Sean Strickland via split decision. Curtis, it was a hectic fight. Can you make sense of what you saw?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't guess I have a problem with the decision. I mean, I thought it was a close fight. It was a good fight. Um, you could have gone either way there and I would have been okay with it. But I thought Dana White made a really good point in the aftermath where if you're going to defeat the champion, like you have to take the belt from him. And I just, I don't know. So from that standpoint, I'm kind of surprised that Strickland. I uh, didn't get that split decision there, but but again, I think it's. I mean, it's it's three to two, one way or the other. Um, so I don't have a a huge yeah. problem with it, but um, I don't know, man. It, it was. Uh, I guess it was about what I expected it to be. Aside from, I didn't expect it to go the distance. That that was what was kind of the stunning thing to me. Like I thought somebody was going to get dropped or or finish there. Um, especially with Dricus, I mean, that was his first five round fight. I mean, he hasn't yeah. done this before. And uh, he looked like the fresher fighter, honestly, uh, to me in that one. So, uh, hey, you know, whatever, man. You got the championship fight. Uh, one guy's his entire face is swollen up. He can't see out of either one of his eyes. The other one's bleeding from, like, every <laughs> orifice yeah, on his head. Oh, so that's, that's what you're looking for in a championship fight. And if somebody's not going to get knocked out, then at least it's uh, a war. They did the, what does Strickland call the it? Man the man dance. dance. They the man did the man dance. dance. Uh, he lost. I thought he handled it well handled it really
1: well, I would say. And, I mean, that's that's the guy in Sean Strickland who I would not say handles a lot of things well, especially when a microphone is in his face. (laughs) Exactly. Um, By the way, before we move on, I just want to just refresh some folks. There's some people that are new to this, maybe this whole thing. Maybe it's the first thing you've ever heard about USC, so who who knows, maybe this will intrigue you. Just to recap how chaotic this middleweight division has been in the UFC, you have Israel Adesanya, who, again, one of the all-time greats, is kind of this iconic champion who had been dominating this era, He loses his belt to Alex Pereira, who he had previous history with, who is now the UFC's light heavyweight champion, who has become an unlikely star. But then he wins his belt back, Israel Adesanya, and he kind of gets back to what he's doing. And he was supposed to fight Drikas Duplessis. But anyway, you know, Israel's from Nigeria. Duplessis is a white man from South Africa. There was a lot of comments over who's the real African (laughs) champion of the UFC. I'm not going to dive into that topic too much. Let's watch what we say here. But there was some, there was some. Intensity there. And when Drinkus Duplessis knocked out Robert Whitaker back in July, everyone thought that was the next fight. And they get him in the octagon. They're shouting the N word at each. Uh, I should clarify Israel Adesanya shouted the N word towards the white man. There was not yes. a white South African <laughs> guy yelling the N word. Uh, but it was, it was, it looked like that was kind of the fight to make. And it was going to be awesome. And then all of a sudden, Drinkus Duplessis says he has an injury. So he has to, he has to not do the fight. And Sean Strickland steps in and becomes this superstar. And then Israel Adesanya, the greatest middleweight of all time, is kind of left out of this this picture. And now he's probably going to enter back here. But that's kind of what makes this UFC fun is that it's not a direct meritocracy. It's not a structured tournament. It's just kind of what fights do we want? Who? who what two men do we want to see get in an octagon and fight each other? Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, Curtis, right now, I want to watch Dreyka's duplessis and Israel Adesanya get in that octagon. Wouldn't hate watching Sean Strickland and get a rematch. I, I've, I know some people have been kind of calling for that. This division is in is in a good spot right now, and I kind of like the way it's trending. Which it's been it's been a wild ride, but uh, I'm interested for that. We will cover that in all, all all more. We've got a lot of good UFC fights coming up soon, so I'm sure the six pack we will be oh, uh, we'll be diving into it a little.
0: Yeah, bit. some some much better cards. Uh, yeah, I, I think coming up real soon. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. And and I yeah I, I kind of agree. I don't think I'd have a problem with a with a rematch, but um, you know. Izzy Drickus, that that
1: might be pretty hey, fun. So we gotta we gotta put we gotta put asses in seats, Curtis. That's, that's right. And Israel Adesanya puts asses in seats. That, that's in, that's one hundred percent true. Frankly, all these guys, Sean Strickland. I mean, you saw that crowd last night. If there, there was one silver lining, is that crowd was unreal last night. You could hear them the whole time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. All right. We're one beer down. We're moving on to the second. <laughs> um, I need to rant for a minute about crowds, college basketball crowds. I, I mean, I, I
1: should have segued there when I was talking about crowds.
0: It's to, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you need asses in seats and there's a lot of them in college basketball. Um, I think everybody loves a good court storm, right? I mean, did you see, um, it was West Virginia yesterday. They beat Kansas. They stormed the floor. Uh, country roads is playing, you know, over the loudspeakers. I mean, that, that's awesome. Do you have any problem, uh, just with the, just court storming? in general? Do you think there's too much of it? Do you think there needs to be, like, parameters? Like, oh, it better be an undefeated team or a number one team or a rival, or are you just cool with it? Like, before I go too deep, I need to know where you stand on court So just
1: in a nutshell, I don't have a problem with it, but I do think context matters a little bit, and Mm so we've talked about this a little bit off-air, you and I, uh, and I I feel like I've said this on other times, like, you you can storm the court. For instance, when Arkansas beat Duke, you beat Duke in basketball at your home court, that's something that you're maybe only gonna do if you're lucky, you can do that three times in your program's history or yeah. whatever it is. Arkansas, there's a realistic chance they never do that again. I mean, it's just the way it works out. You don't get to see. It's not like Duke comes into town every year. Same with Arkansas beating number one Auburn. Again, Auburn is not some iconic program, but doing something that you don't have a chance to do all the time, you know, just some moment. You can kind of, there. and it's an unwritten thing here, but hmm. sometimes you can just tell when the moment is is there. You know, you can tell it feels like a moment big enough for it, Arkansas beating Texas at home in football, like that. I know that's not basketball; it's a little bit different. But I think there's always moments for it, and so like West Virginia beating Kansas at home, I don't have a problem with it. I think it, the only slippery slope is when you start doing it too often, because one, there's fines that come in, but yeah. And so I don't. I'm not one of those weirdos on the internet who like gets really upset when other fan bases do it. And I think it's weird when other fan bases do it, because it's like, if you if your team storms the court, you're not going to have a problem with it, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's dumb when they do that, but big picture, I think I'm good.
0: Yeah, I, I think, you know, especially, I think about that Duke game and like, uh, you know, all the Razorback fans, like the students were camping out for two days in the, in the cold before the game. Like, just to have that opportunity and that experience, dude, like if you've got the opportunity, like go for it, man, storm the court. Like live that moment. I think that's awesome. Um, you know, it, it comes with some risk. Like I, I think earlier on Sunday, uh, caitlin Clark, everybody knows the baller from Iowa. She could probably play in the NBA, much less the WNBA. <laughs> uh, but they lost, I think they were at maybe it was Ohio State. So Ohio State storms the floor, and then she was trying to run off of the floor and get back to the locker room. She had a collision uh, with another fan. Luckily, she was okay, but like there's some risk that comes with that. Uh, so you know, I, I get it, but I, I love me a good court storm. But my rant is that, um, you got to keep that same energy. When the roles are reversed, right? And so we had the whole thing with Rodney Terry. Uh, you know, he—that's a Texas head coach, and he threw a fit after UCF beat him at home, and they were all throwing the, the horns down at the crowd and everybody else, and he called it classless and everything like that. But then all of a sudden, uh, they go out there on Saturday, Texas does, and they hit a buzzer beater to knock off Baylor. And then he feels compelled to go back into the press conference and apologize for those things. Like you, you get the hype of your home crowd as opposed as opposed to them being you know disappointed in you and pissed off at you. Uh, and then you feel a little bit different. So it strikes me as like some entitlement. And he was salty after a loss. So like that's one thing. Like I, I'm sure that the Texas student section was giving it to UCF the entire game, uh, and so they responded by throwing the horns down at him. Like whatever, I, I'm okay with that. Um, it just came across as salty. Well. On Saturday night, uh, Pitt goes on the road <laughs> to Duke and Duke's down a couple players, but it's still Duke. Um, look, man, like they call them the Cameron crazies for a reason. Like they're nuts, man. And, and student sections, look, uh, they say and do just some wild things to get into the head of opponents. I think it's part of what makes college sports great and so unique. But then don't get all offended and butthurt when you lose at home and then, you know, Pitts' Blake Henson is standing on top of a table at Press Row taunting the Cameron Crazies, right? And then all of a sudden you want to, you know, you don't want to start a brawl or anything like that. But in my opinion, that, that kind of stuff is just fair game because if you're going to be standing right over the top of me and calling me all kinds of names and you do research, you know who my girlfriend is and my mom mm-hmm. and everything else, you're throwing all that stuff out there, Um, that's fine. But then if I get the best of you, then I get to stand on top of the table, press row and, uh, you know, give you the business right back. I just think that energy has got to be reciprocal. Where do you stand on that? Because I feel like this week we've had a couple instances where uh, players are reacting to the fans who react to them the entire game. Uh, but it's almost like, uh, you know, just it's just like, like not, a, not a fair situation or whatever. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And I want to clarify before we get too deep into the weeds here. We're all for safety. Anything, and like there's lines in this business and in life where you just can't cross. We can talk about where those lines are. I think anything physical, no contact. And so when it comes to court storming, when it comes to fans and players interaction, players interacting with fans, obviously, Malice of the Palace, that's off guard. We're we're, we're saying (laughs) that is bad. Just in case anyone was wondering, I think that stuff's bad. I think that that (laughs) assaulting people is bad. So (laughs) if you want to call me out, I I got that out in front. I said that at the beginning. But I do, I do think like, It's fascinating how where these players. I remember Russell Westbrook a few years ago getting a fan ejected. And I remember thinking about that. Like, and I look, I love Russell Westbrook. I I defend him at all costs. But I remember thinking, like, man, what does someone have to say before it really is like over the line? And so, again, as long as you're not shouting obscenities and saying crazy stuff, and look, you mentioned the stuff like having the research on your girlfriend. I think that stuff's in bounds. I think that stuff is fine. You know, if, I you're think so too. In, if you're in if you're in the hog pen and the left fielder, has a girlfriend named whatever. Chirp them, you know, say that kind of stuff. I, I'm all for that as long as you're not saying stuff inappropriate. You know, don't don't say don't don't cross those lines. Sure. And again, we can that's a that's a gray area because it's like where where what's inappropriate to say. But I just think big picture, yeah, I think uh, players it's it's part of it. Like I'm not saying players should just have to sit there and eat it, and no matter what, they should just listen to whatever and they should just let everything fly. But I do think it's like when you when you're a player and you react negatively, like that's the whole goal of those fan bases. And so Mm -hmm. look, as crazy as it sounds, and this is where I I had to make my important clarification, (laughs) I'm not saying you have to let everything fly and you can't there can't be repercussions to stuff, but it's like I think just being cool and sitting there and, and making nice plays in the game to counteract fans screaming crazy stuff at you i think that's way cooler and like how much cooler has it occurred is when you're in the student section at a basketball game and you're yelling at the opposing player and you're boo and he hits a dagger three uh, like that make the, the reason that moment is so cool is because that's how you get back at the fans that's yes. how you that's how you shut them up like that's, that's how you. Exactly do it. like right. that's what every pl- athlete like that's what you should be striving for and so it's and, like again i'm not saying that, like hey we can solve every problem with our on-court play here but i'm saying like that's kind of how that the policing is supposed to go and look, there's right. security guards, there's police officers at games, like there's people who conduct it and decide where those lines are being crossed. Like so.
0: understand the competitive nature of the game and, and but also understand that it is just a game. Like I if, if somebody hits that dagger three and then they turn around to a student section uh, and give them the three goggles awesome. or uh, you know give them the shh or whatever, or if they dunk on a guy and you turn to the student section and do the Jalen Graham too small. I, I I don't care. Like I'm fine with that. I think that's great. Um did Henson for Pitt should he have gotten on, you know, the top of the, the table and, and started, you know, taunting the the Cameron crazies? Yeah, maybe not, but yeah. I thought it was funny. I but thought again, it was But if, awesome.
1: if he had started crossing the line and tried to jump into the crowd, he would have been reprimanded. Exactly, so like that, exactly. <laughs> you
0: know? You know, and so I, I just keep that same energy. Like, I I feel like there's got to be some bit of uh, reciprocation that's acceptable, uh, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. I was more... um Bothered, I think, by the way, Rodney Terry reacted uh, to the horns down thing. That's just stupid. At least in the Duke situation, like, I don't know, like I'm sure the Cameron Crazies were sauced up and the the students were probably, you know, hammered and ticked off that their team just lost. Now you got this dude, you know, taunting you after the game. So I could see it from that standpoint, but the horns down, get over it, man. It's a hand gesture. Move on. Whatever. We're two beers deep. Third one, (laughs) Andrew, man. (laughs) You know, I, I was so excited. Uh, yesterday before the game um, for the South Carolina game, it was announced on the big board at Bud Walton Arena that college game day, finally coming to Fayetteville. Finally coming to Fayetteville. It, you know, great, it, awesome. <laughs> uh, it's huge for the program. It's long overdue. I can't help but like roll my eyes at the number of people who are in my mentions who really have pissed and moaned forever about uh, not having college game day in Fayetteville. Uh, and those exact same people uh, feel compelled to continue to piss and moan now because they're coming, like, when the team is struggling. So I say that, but at the same time, guys, I hear you. I I get it because here comes a loaded Kentucky team that everybody in the country has fallen in love with just in time to catch, like, Arkansas maybe at its rock bottom under Musselman uh, coming to town. It's going to be on the biggest of stages, like, how do you feel about this emotionally? <laughs> because it's awesome. It's huge for the program. It's big for the brand. But damn, man, like you're now
1: we're doing this. I, I don't know. Well, and I'll tell you, Curtis, those people that are mad about ESPN coming when Arkansas is bad, all you had to do was beat South Carolina. Even if you had, say that Arkansas is. had lost to <laughs> Ole Miss on Wednesday, but they had beaten South Carolina by seven, or so they just done a normal thing, even beat them by three, they don't even cover the spread. They just win by three. If they lose this old miss, it's still a massive game that Kentucky game one cuz Arkansas is still kind of in that bubble talk. They're kind of they need one more big resume win like one. Kentucky at home is always going to you know, for for lack of a better term, put asses in seats um oh, which yeah. we have not seen a lot, uh, you know. Uh the the seats have been assless lately. <laughs> um but, but I will say that like Kentucky's always going to bring that excitement and so I think that part of, is part of the decision of just obviously Arkansas and Kentucky's a safe bet to be a good atmosphere and Frankly, even if Arkansas gets hammered against Ole Miss, I think there's still going to be a decent crowd there. Um, again, like you, the person you should be mad about is your own team. Exactly. They stink. It's not, it's not ESPN's fault that they stink. Uh, they tried to set them up for a nice little slot. And again, if Arkansas just in South Carolina, then it, this would be a lot more fun to do. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit bleak there, especially if they get hammered against Ole Miss.
0: Right. And, you know, I, I think the, uh, look, you can't trust the team right now to go out there and play hard or or play well or whatever. Um, but, you know, as a fan base, like, you can control the perception um, of Bud, Wal- Bud Walton Arena and Fayetteville. So uh, show up, show out, get crazy, mm-hmm. and, and make it, you know, a worthwhile experience for College Game Day, and they'll be more compelled to come back maybe in future seasons when, uh you know, this team doesn't stink, and, and they're playing at the level that we've uh, grown accustomed to seeing them play under must. Uh, it would be cool if that happened at, at some point this season. But, yeah, brother, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. we're halfway through our six-pack. Let's move on. Uh, playoffs. NFL. Uh, a lot going on. What do you got? I mean, like, what has well, stood out uh, to you from let's, this?
1: Before we even talk about the playoffs, we have to discuss the fact that we are recording this on a Sunday night, meaning that the NFL playoff games are not finished mm-hmm. so if you're coming in here if there was an awesome bill's chief game chiefs game that was an instant classic we haven't seen it yet we haven't seen it yet we'll, uh, we'll be
0: seeing that at uh at flyway yeah so maybe some of you will have already seen us there and, and you know that happened but yeah yes. it hasn't happened yet
1: also dave Van horn if you're listening we were we're going to flyway hoping to see you so if we did not see you there we saw you for the last chiefs game we're hoping we can you know we we're hoping to link back up but you know <laughs> We will we, we'll get you to try some different things. But, uh, yeah, so that there's the two games that are happening today. Like, the Lions, it, it appears they're going to pull out this game against the Buccaneers. They're up 24-17 as we speak. There's about 11 minutes left. I need that six-and-a-half cover. Well, well, so as of right now, you're good, and the, okay. the Lions have the ball. So, right. I, I mean, I'm not going to update this audience listening that is to to this <laughs> Monday. on Monday morning. <laughs> but uh, I will say, Curtis, I'm a, I'm a Texas fan. You are. I am also a Lamar Jackson fan. You are. And... Now my, my pro sports teams are a little bit different because when I was a kid growing up like Arkansas was my team. Like I lived and died, I cried if they lost. Like I begged my mom to not send me to school if they lost. Like I lived and died with them and my pro teams are a lot more casual viewing. So I want to point that out right away that the Texans are not something that I like go to sleep thinking about. I cheer for the Texans. I I I like to consume the product. I support the team. I have jerseys. I actually even have a Deshaun Watson jersey unfortunately. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's not like something. So, so when I say this, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. I wanted the Texans to lose yesterday, Curtis. And the reason I wanted them to lose is again, I love Lamar Jackson. I've been a Lamar defender since his freshman year at Louisville. Loved the guy. I thought it was crazy that he was nitpicked as a college quarterback. I think it's crazy that he was nitpicked in the draft process. I can't believe four quarterbacks were drafted above him. One of which being Baker Mayfield, who no disrespect. We talked about Baker on the program. We like Baker, but There's just no planet in no context in which Baker Mayfield is better at football than Lamar Jackson. There's not one attribute he has that is, it just doesn't (laughs) like the fact that, you know, and I I mean, I don't want to get into the weeds of why these things happen, but I think Lamar is a very important quarterback for black quarterbacks in the NFL. I think his success is kind of going to move them forward a little bit. And Hey, I think he's, you've already seen that play out where some of these, quarterbacks like for instance it's, it's even helped in a negative regard for guys like trey lance who have been drafted high justin fields or whoever it is because nfl teams can now believe that you can build a franchise because clearly you can the ravens are the best team in the nfl so it was really good it would have it would have hurt my soul if lamar had gotten bounced as a one seed after the year he's had he might win his second mvp like just the journey he's been on. He's been one of the most fun athletes in the world yeah. since he came on the scene. I mean, even in high school, you know that video Curtis of him where he's juking the guy and he like stops on a dime and he like kind of waltzes. Like he's been making these crazy highlights since he was in high school. He's just an awesome athlete. All of his teammates love him. The whole fan base is behind him. Like it would be cool if he won the Super Bowl. And so I that supersedes everything for me this year. And that's that's what I'm hoping happens. Uh, the 49ers beat the Packers. Not that cool, but. We did have a Fayetteville guy. We had a, a an Arkansan, a true Fayetteville guy, brother of Jacoby Criswell. <laughs> Dre Man. Greenlaw had a huge night last night. Uh, two interceptions. And Curtis, did you happen to see his last interception?
0: I did, and I, I just want to say to Dre uh, just a personal uh, thank you for your efforts because I, I think based on the fact that you got that interception and felt compelled to try to uh, to get up and... <laughs> you know, maybe take that thing to the house for a pick six. That tells me that, uh, you might've understood that, um, <laughs> kind of looking for the the Niners minus nine and a half there. Uh, look, I don't want to throw out any crazy accusations, but I feel like that might've been the case. And if so, um, damn it, you could have broken another tack or two and got in the end zone, but I appreciate the effort. Um, you know, in the end Niners win by three. And, uh, so, you know, I lost a bit, a lo- little bit of money there, but Hey, shout out to the former Hawk. I mean, that was awesome. Hell of a game. Uh, a couple picks there. And, and yeah, that game sealer at the end was uh that was pretty sweet, man.
1: Great moment. Very when cool. Dre, I just in case in the off chance, I don't want to make a series. Cause I mean, we have seen an NFL <laughs> player be suspended for an entire year yeah. for betting on his own game. So We're kidding. <laughs> Dre's a stand up guy. He's a great former hog. We know that that's not what was happening. He was just trying to make a play for his team and he didn't care about the clock. He just wanted to, just wanted to score. <laughs> uh, but you know what? That brings me back to the, my point. I want to bring back Mike Malott to the conversation, the Canadian who screwed us last night. Mm. We don't. You don't have to win every bet. We lose bets every day. Losing a bet doesn't hurt my feelings. I can lose hundreds of dollars without even batting an eye. It's when I know that you didn't try and you didn't care, yeah. and that's what Mike Malott did when he quit in that octagon with exactly. fifteen seconds on the clock against Neil freaking Magny. That's right. Um, but but Dre Greenlaw to to our point, that shows me you want to cover that spread, and all I yeah. want is for you to try. Yeah. Drake, so the coaches he gets that, an A for effort. The coaches that punt on fourth down whenever you're down by twenty and you you're like ah you know we don't want to make it any worse we'll just punt. We're, you're not a fan of, we're, we're not, we're not messing with you. We're messing with the Dre Greenlaws. We're going to try to cover that spread at all costs, even to the detriment of their team almost, but also, but seriously, huge game for Dre. I mean, two interceptions in the biggest game of your life. Uh, he's been a huge part of this 49ers run. And that's, it's been really fun to watch because he did not get to have a ton of team success at Arkansas. So I'm glad that he's, you know, finally getting his due and really, I mean, he's, he's had an awesome career. So it's been fun to watch.
0: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been awesome. We're cruising right along here. Andrew, what do you know about Harvard-Westlake basketball?
1: I don't know much about Harvard-Westlake basketball, Curtis, but I do recognize <laughs> that name, which tells me that that must be a pretty notable school or an academy or prep school or something because I there's only like nine high schools that I know outside of one's, you know.
0: They are notable out in California. I mean, they are, they are arguably the best high school team in the country this year. Uh, I think they rolled all the way up to like number three in the nation. Um, that's not that interesting. In fact, they've lost back-to-back games over the course of the last week. Bums. That's not the story. The story, though, is who beat them. Okay. And so this might make you feel um kind of old, but it's also really cool. So uh they lost to Notre Dame on Wednesday, not Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, but Notre Dame, the uh, I don't know, the prep school, high school, whatever out in California. Uh, who cares? Their star player <laughs> goes by the name of Mercy Miller. That's the son of Master Pete. Everybody know who Master P is? Okay, and so this dude scored 29 of Notre Dame's 59 points in the win. Uh Mercy Miller is a hooper man. Hooper. Four star player at 24-7 sports. He's committed to Houston and Kelvin Sampson. Uh this dude has. Master P is a, a
1: huge Houston guy, right? I, think I, mean, so. I say, like, That's pretty cool.
0: And he had a 68-point game earlier in the year. I don't wow. care who you're playing against. 68 points is a lot of points, especially in high. I mean, that's they play eight-minute quarters in high school. And that's crazy. That's absolutely absurd. Um, so I thought that was cool. It made me feel old because I kind of grew up. On uh, on Master yeah. P. For those of you who don't know who he is, he's a rap hip hop legend, the founder of No uh, No Limit Records. Um, did you know Master P was a hooper?
1: I didn't, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, how tall is Master P? I don't know. I feel like he's. I but feel he, like I've seen seen him be. He's pretty tall, I think. He's, so I think that's got to be. He's got to be um, pretty tall.
0: Ha- uh, pretty tall because apparently, um, he yeah. nearly made it in the NBA, dude. Like really? he he was on the preseason roster back in the '90s. Back on the preseason oh, rosters really for the Raptors and the Hornets. Like he hmm. almost broke into the league
1: and he's he's, he's like LeAngelo Ball level good. He might be LeAngelo <laughs> Ball level good, man. Well uh you know who else? I there's nothing cooler than just like someone famous his son doing something. I know. Like that that's that's going to be cool no matter what. It's like oh hey that's so like Frank Gore Jr. We all know about Southern Misses running back that was there for 7 years cuz yes. he's Frank Gore Jr. It's like there's nothing yeah. cooler than a son.
0: Oh, it's so awesome and it and it's you know you I think it's really cool when it's uh you know maybe not even a a a former nba player or whatever yeah like this is cool masterpiece kid man that's crazy you know and and so you see things like that and and they can get you pretty excited uh but what makes me feel old at least is like there are so many you know former players sons like guys i grew up on and guys i feel like in my adulthood that i've watched you know in the nba jermaine o'neal jr's kid is is gonna visit arkansas yeah kenyon martin carmelo anthony um Dwayne Ronnie, Wade. Ronnie James, shout out to him for uh, jumping and hitting his head on that sign <laughs> yeah,
1: Speaking of notable sons. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, but to, to go back to what we were talking about with Harvard-Westlake, okay, like I said, they lost back-to-back games this week after being so good, um, lost to Mercy Miller. But then they lost to Sierra Canyon where Justin Pippen, yes, Pippen, uh, the son of Scotty Pippen, the brother of Scotty Jr., Scottie the Jr. Vanderbilt legend. Who
1: are, by the way, spelled differently. Scotty and yes. Scotty Pippen Jr. are spelled differently. I think the younger Scotty is Scott Y.
0: Exactly. And Unreal. so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Justin Pippen, the youngest of, of the Pippen sons, uh, he went for 21 points in that game. He's a three-star prospect. Um, Kind of cool, man. Hey, he's teammates with Arkansas signee uh, Isaiah Elohim, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but man, you got Masterpiece kid. You got Scottie Pippen's youngest kid uh, just taking down some of the best high school programs uh, in the country. No big deal.
1: That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mac McClung the other day. I'm pretty sure Mac McClung is Riff Raff's cousin. Really? At least I heard that on Twitter a long time ago. I think they might be one of those, they're like fake cousins, but I think they're like, he, Riff Raff knew Mac McClung. Before he became a viral sensation on the internet, which is always cool. If it's on Twitter, then I have no reason not to believe it. So right, I, I'm going to it's true. You don't lie there, uh, especially now that we got <laughs> Elon Musk running the joint. I mean, running X, I should say. Uh, you remember when Snoop Dogg's son played football for a little bit, but then oh, he like yeah. quit. I uh, think he was committed UCLA. to UCLA, and yeah, then he like UCLA. he ended up going to like acting school. Yeah, but uh, dang, that's that must crazy. be well. That's <laughs> all, that must be also nice as an athlete who has a very famous father to or, or mother to just be like. I have that to fall back on. If I end up not being good at basketball, at least I can just go to film school. Yeah, yeah. you know, of course.
0: All right, we got one beer left in the six pack, and and again, this isn't always going to be about sports. It can be about anything. And and another timely reminder: if, if you got anything cool, uh, slide in those DMs on Twitter and let us know. We we'll talk about weird stuff. We don't care. Um, We're about to do it right now. I mean, we are about a, to do it right now. What a topic for
1: our first non-sports.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're look, if you're watching along here at the, at the final the final leg of the six pack, you see. What unreasonably large traffic signs? What are we talking about? Andrew, do you remember when we were driving to the BOK Center for Oklahoma, Arkansas basketball in December? Um, and we were coming into Tulsa. They had the big Hard Rock Casino and they had just that huge, like obnoxious video board uh, that had different messages popping up and everything like that. And you're like, man that's distracting. And I, I wonder if it, if it, if you can do that, like, should there be regulation against it? Is is it illegal? I don't understand. Do you recall that?
1: I re- recall it vividly. And you know why, Curtis, I do a thing where I like to test out bits every now and then. Okay. I didn't know that I was going to, at the time that we were doing that, I did not know that I was going to have this platform and be able to share these important stories. <laughs> but you know, I had had that exact moment with my beautiful girlfriend, Hillary, we were driving to Tulsa, uh, I guess it was a year ago. And I said the same thing where I was like, man, that video board is like, and it's not just that it's large and it's a video it's moving too. like, they're sort of yeah. playing videos across it. And it was distracting me as I was driving. I didn't run off the road and kill myself, but I was like, <laughs> man, like that. I feel like that's an issue Or if like you're really getting your eyes locked on that thing, like I could catch myself looking over. It, and I was like, that just seems weird. She disagreed completely. She was like, no, I, and I was like, I, I wonder if I was like, I bet there's a law. She's like, no, no. She shot it down completely. Well, so I had to run it back whenever I was with you in Tulsa. And I saw the same thing because I had the same thought. And I was like, well, you know, I wonder if Curtis and you agreed and I'm feeling good. Yeah. Um, so yes, I do remember it vividly. Okay. Well,
0: then you'll be you'll be happy to know, and you you can share this with Hillary. Uh, I was reading a story randomly this morning. Um, so not necessarily like those big video boards or whatever, uh, but a federal agency is literally trying to outlaw and regulate like those stupid messages you see on the highway. So like yeah. they try to be clever. It's like oh, uh, hocus Click it pocus. Or yeah, clicker ticket. Hocus pocus. Drive with focus. Uh, hands on the wheel and not your happy meal Uh, you know all those stupid little things uh the argument from these folks is like you know that that by trying to draw the attention of drivers to get your message across like you're doing exactly what you're trying to avoid which is distracting drivers uh, by making them read making them think taking their attention off of the road uh so it's funny because actually the state of arizona um i think it was their governor Uh, was like literally encouraging people to come up with these weird slogans like you could submit them and then like if it got picked like they would be put on you know whatever signs above the highway Uh, and now there's like a federal agency is trying to shut that down because it's too distracting to drivers to give them a message to you know don't drink and drive or buckle your seat belt or pay attention or whatever
1: well especially when it's like it's like the message is a little bit if it's the stuff's going out the video board or it's kind of flashing or it's maybe a it's a banner that's going across like, right. I mean, sometimes you're struggling trying to read it. And so you're sitting there staring at it. Like, again, like I think you should keep your eyes on the road the best you can, but I, I, I thought it was crazy. So I feel so vindicated to hear this. I'm glad, um, but yeah, it is also interesting, but I think it's also funny. Like I'm all about breaking down the barriers, you know, like you'll see a sign <laughs> up at a place and it'll be like, No, and it has something so random that you're like, something specific had to have happened. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, no skiing off the top of the roof here, you know, like no, (laughs) uh, you know, no bungee jumping or like something crazy or like something had to have happened for them to have put that sign up. That's a, a bit I stole from How I Met Your Mother. But I think about that where I'm like, it takes one person to like get in a huge wreck and cite that as the reason. I wonder if that's what happened is someone just tragically got distracted by the click it or ticket sign and then cited that as their reason and it made him think. I wonder if not, then maybe maybe someone, you know, I, I'm not yeah. going to finish that thought. I'm just <laughs> going to say that, you know, sometimes bad things happen and good things come from it is where I'm going to right. cycle back to.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, at the very least, somebody, you know, probably was looking for a reason to sue about something and uh, and that's what they found there. So, like Well, we McDonald's just gave someone an excuse if you do. These signs are, are distracting me while I was driving and I did something stupid and I'm going to blame it on that. So, uh, yeah, man. There we go. we're we're a six pack down we're a six pack down mm-hmm. and i feel like we need to get out of here and go actually get a six pack down over a flyway what do you think
1: that's what i think um which again we've done the same thing where we're like citing stuff happening on sunday night that's right as people listen to this on monday but that's what we're gonna do here um but yeah I, I this was fun and uh look i look forward to doing this and look guys if y'all were into this or if you think hey i'd love to hear y'all talk about something else again let us know we just happen to be the Monday after a UFC event, and as weirdos, that's what we want to talk about. But yes. It's not going to be UFC all the time. It's not going to be football all the time. You know, it's whatever it is. Curtis and I want to cover the real world. That's right, and we that's what to, we're doing here.
0: We want to cover you know? the real world, um, and yeah. So also, in addition to sending that stuff over and, and giving us some ideas to chat on, uh, the plan is like once we get settled in and get rolling here, like we're gonna go, we're gonna do this live. Uh, yeah. And so we'll have our topics, but then it's an opportunity for us to also like get in the chat and make it interactive and, and see what kind of weird stuff is out there. So uh, a lot going on. Uh, we're just going to continue to grow and, and get more interactive and we're excited about it. But hey, the first episode of the Natty Sports six pack, it is in the books. It's been Curtis Wilkerson, and Andrew Ellis. Uh, really appreciate everybody for checking it out. Really appreciate everybody for following along with us over at Natty State Sports. Uh, getting a little bit better every day. We continue to grow. We're excited about the future and everything we got going on.